0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Doc is back. Welcome to Medically Speaking with Dr. Winston Alexis, hosted by Tyrone Robertson. Join Doc and his guests as they discuss health care and the Caribbean community every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on caribcast.tv, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other popular podcast platforms. I didn't grow up here, but Broward County has become home to me. This is where I settled. I raised my family here and started my practice here. For over 20 years, I've represented my neighbors, people who needed help in a stressful time. If you find yourself in need of an attorney, reach out to someone you can trust, someone with a proven track record. When a car accident or personal injury sets you back, call Scott McCullough. 954-989-3435.
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to this week's episode of Medically Speaking with Dr. Winston Alexis. So Doc, before we get into this week's topic of pregnancy, we had a listener who sent us an email with a question. The question is, is it true that fibroids shrink after you get to menopause?
2: Yeah, that's a true statement, but shrink is one thing, it do not shrink overnight. All right. Yeah. It takes weeks and months and months to get smaller, because think of it: if you have a a, a, a fiber you know, like a breadfruit, mm-hmm. right? It then will come like a lime overnight. Got you. Got you. Right? It takes years, just as it takes years to reach day, It takes years to come. That's right. a simple
1: answer. So yes, they shrink, but slowly over time. And is there anything that needs to be done, or is it to just?
2: Right. I think the question come about. the question is it? If they're very large Mm -hmm. and causing problems, waiting because you go through menopause doesn't make sense. Uh, Because when it's big, if it's resting and squeezing your bladder, it's going to squeeze your bladder for years while it's shrinking. Gotcha. So it all depends on the symptoms you have. But they do
1: shrink, but slowly over the years. It doesn't suddenly shrink. All right. Okay. Thank you for that, and thank you so much for sending in your question. Ladies and gentlemen, please email us your questions to questions at cacprose.com. Again, the email address is questions at C-A-C-P-R-O-S.com. Today, we are going to ask Doc to speak a little bit about Pregnancy. Mm. A subject that I would imagine that he is quite the expert on. Doc?
2: Yeah, but a lot of it's still confusion.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there are mysteries about uh, Obi, obstetrics, not gynecology, mm-hmm. that we, we, we're we still trying to figure out some, and some it's folk law that is hard to get rid of, especially when they come from countries like we come from. Let me give you an example right i was supposed to see Duppy. yes you know why i'm telling you why i was born at home and the amniotic sac burst and i was born with what they call a veil normally the sac open up and the baby come out the sac of water the baby yes, is yes, in yes, this. Yes. it it bursts the water gone and i come out some people come out just the leakage was through a small cavity so when I was born, it was still on my face. Okay. And when that, in Trinidad, when you're born with what they call a veil, you're supposed to see Duppy. So I started off with some old talk. So when I get big man and I'm doing OB, and, I mean, i doing my residency, I went home and I said, Mommy, by the way, how will you say I supp- In Trinidad, we used to call it jumpy."
1: That's what you call it, yeah,
2: jumpy. Okay. So I said, how come you tell me I don't see Jambi and I see none. She said, no, I know. I know why you don't see no Jambi. I said, how do you mean you know? She said, we kept the little stub from your umbilical cord. You know, you go yes. with a little piece, Yes. dry it, grind it up and put it in my milk. What? I said, mommy, what the, what you do? <laughs> you grind up part. <laughs> then I said, my lord. She said, no one here you see no Jambi. But, by the way, you know, you know there are materials in the placenta now. Yes. They, you heard the saving placental blood.
1: Yes, the way.
2: Where they have germs, um, um, what do they call them again? The cells that they're fighting about to get that could form any other cell in the body. I forget the name of it. I'll remember it before we're done. But those cells will help people with transplant, maybe at a later age, or if you need. You know, it's, it's, it's virgin cells before uh. they start to divide. Stem
1: cells, stem cells yes. right?
2: And umbilical stem cells is very different from, we have stem cells too, but they are called adult. Those are the same kind of cells that when you get cut, it start growing and full up. But the cord blood and the placenta is loaded with those cells. And what they are doing with children when they're born, they say, listen, let's collect this blood for you. Freeze it, it could last forever. So if later on in life, you come up with something, where you really need to have some stem cells, you have your own. Interesting. Right? Yeah, but anyway, the jumbie was more interested. Well, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, and now you know why you never.
1: Now did, I know why i is so it. strong. It's <laughs> all them
2: stupidest, my boy. I give you to... No, but pregnancy has been always loaded with. with... I could give you a billion anecdotes with, with what people believe about pregnancy that have nothing to do with the truth, far away from yeah. the truth. So you know what, Uh, I found myself in a funny situation because I grew up in a system where folklore Mm -hmm. was the world. I was delivered by a a lay midwife, not like he had never gone no training down the road. And she came there and watched my mother have my boot and I weigh nine pounds. It just means that my mother had the adequate body to suit that. Mm-hmm.
1: The condi- her- her- exactly. So we are lucky right. because
2: there are many bodies in training that they didn't make it. Where well, the babies died at home by the time they get them to the hospital. This is why. But, but we were okay with that. Everybody is... is acceptable. Yeah. yeah that you, not every that baby is going to live. In America, it's a different thing. Right, right. They want the impossible. So when I came up here, I felt something. People are are not willing to accept the fact that not every baby will be perfectly formed. Not everybody will develop. Not every baby will be born alive. And they hold the obstetrician responsible for things that he really have no control control over. over. So I thought it would be good to kind of, what is more important, I think, is to let women who are pregnant or want to become pregnant understand exactly what we do as gynecologists. Uh, well, actually obstetricians. Mm-hmm. All right? Give you an example. I'll tell you what we're about. My mother, I think, is 11 of us, two died. She never make no fuss about it. And they die. I ain't talking about no 2 pong baby, the big baby born and then dead, two of them, the mm-hmm. two before me. They claim that's why my mother loved me so much, because the other two died, died in her arms. Wow. But with, that was accepted. I, I, it's only, I was like 10 years old when I really realized the two babies. I was wondering how there's such a big difference between the years and my brother and me, right? But if, if you look at the children back in the 50s and 40s, this is how it went. You're giving away age now. I told my mother and father in the phone. <laughs> why are you interfering with me so the this So if you look, me and my brother, we're about a year and a half to two years in between every child. You know why? There are no birth control. Mm. My mother will have a child. Thank God she breastfeed for a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And during that year, you get some protection against pregnancy. Then she stopped bre- uh, breastfeeding. Six months she pregnant again. Right, right. And then nine months for the baby. No wonder we're about two and a half because they use natural contraception, which was vigorous breastfeeding. I talk about breastfeeding here, you know. My mother breastfed every meal until I was one year old. Every, well, not one year, at least for the first six months or so. Even though I breastfed for a whole year. Right? Every meal, two o'clock in the morning four o'clock. Some people say they're breastfeeding. Oh, yeah, I'll let the baby feed two times at night. I am breastfeeding. I am making joke. If you want to get the protection against pregnancy, breastfeed every, every. meal. Okay. Because the thing that actually gives you the protection is sucking on the nipple of a woman who have just had a child. That stimulates the brain to send out a hormone that makes the breast make more milk. So the suckling is important to the next meal, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: you know, but when you're giving the baby bottle, all of that doesn't count. So that's part of the, the, the thing I want to go through. The, what is the difference? One is that people in third world countries, we can't compare uh, um, pregnancy, caring for a pregnant woman in third world countries, and here yeah, is day and night, right? Why? Let me give you an example they don't even bother with much prenatal care in those countries. They try the best thing. Let me give you a, a I don't think these are the exact figures, but it's close enough. I think it's um, somewhere like either Somalia or some, somewhere.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: A thousand babies die for every hundred thousand birth. I think it's about 27 in America and they're still cussing. You know what's the difference? We give prenatal care here. And they don't have any over there. That is the difference. So we divide pregnancy into the important parts. Prenatal care. You know, every every pregnant woman I or they're wondering which hospital I go in. The doctor will not come for me delivery. And listen to me, it's 40 weeks for the baby. And it's 12 hours at most for the delivery. Which one you think is kind of more important? Right. And we do it like that because we are able to save literally thousands of life with good prenatal care. So, out of rule number one, forget the hospital. Most of them do the same thing. Get a doctor who can follow the guidelines and give you good prenatal care. Then your baby stand a chance, and not not just being stand a chance of being normal. In size and function, when it's born.
1: So let's talk a little bit about prenatal yeah. care. Then, if you all right, what
2: prenatal, the, the principle behind prenatal care is: look, let's find out if this woman have any pre-existing condition that can affect the pregnancy. Rule number one. Okay. Right. Then the second part of it is there a certain disease you only find in pregnancy, Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. So we screen for that. You understand sir? I mean? Um, later on we go down, we screen for the STIs. Mm-hmm. They don't call it STDs anymore. Disease is sexual transmitted infections. Okay. So you'll see the word STI instead of STD sound STD dirty. Mm-hmm. So they decide to take the D out for mm-hmm. the disease and I, which is really a true indication of what it is. We test for diseases like thyroid disease, high blood pressure, Diabetes prior to the pregnancy. So every woman who's thinking of becoming pregnant, you need to go and see your regular primary care, get a good physical examination, get SDIs checked, get thyroid checked, make sure you're in good shape prior to the pregnancy. That's number one of prenatal care. It's called preconceptual counseling. Gotcha. Right. If you have sickle cell mm-hmm. treat. We check your husband to see if he have a trait and give you an idea of what can happen. So prenatal is to look for things that you could find out early, so you could start management at early. The second part is to screen for diseases that only occur in pregnancy. Okay. Right, they have a bunch of them. Then the most important part of prenatal care is following the growth and well-being of the baby. Two different things. Mm-hmm. Growth and well-being. All right, listen to how the difference between the two. Simple principle. Healthy babies grow at a special rate. We have charts on how they're supposed to grow. Give you an example. One of the reasons I think I believe in a supreme being is because there's so much order in the growth of the baby that is amazing. The baby grow one centimeter a week. That means if you measure from the top of the pubic bone, that bone down here, Mm -hmm. to the top of where the uterus is as it gets bigger and bigger, the number of centimeters you get equal the number of weeks. So that's one way we can measure whether the, and that have too much order to start from some damn big band somewhere in the dark hole. That have to, (laughs) that will come too convenient. Yeah you know, but anyway that is what we do when the patient come every month and we check the length of the baby to make sure it's growing second part is to is to um talk about the well-being of the baby which is to is the baby healthy right, right. yes it's growing that's a good news but the second part is is it healthy
1: and how how do you measure the health all right there it, we
2: right? go now we measure the the simple things is the baby moving Mm -hmm. people healthy babies move Mm -hmm. and women always come and all this thing moving so much it hurt in my belly I say good because healthy babies move sick babies do not move and by the way it's not in early pregnancy I will say that is from about 24 24 weeks Mm -hmm. on the movement is very important Prior to that, it's too small to really determine exactly what's going on. But look at it. Anything that deliver before 24 weeks is abortion anyway, so nobody cares what it is. But once it's established, 24 weeks and above, we should, and one of the first questions I ask the patient when they come into the office is the babe, good morning, ma'am, how are you? How is the weather? You listen to Trump and he you listen, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> And then the next question is, is your baby moving? Yeah. Once I hear that, it's probably okay. All right? But there are other things. If I don't think it's okay, I could send you to the hospital and get two tests done that will make sure that the baby is all right. So that's what it is. That's the second part.
1: Got it.
2: First part is to head off condition. Second part is to monitor the growth and development. The third part is there are some serious diseases that occur in pregnancy during the latter part of the pregnancy that can threaten the life of the baby. One is called pre-eclampsia. You don't even know what it means. Oh you're right. It doesn't matter. High blood pressure, the mother could end up convulsing, she swell up. We we are scared of this. Because it could kill both mother and child. Yeah. Right? Then you have all kinds of bleeding in the in the latter we call it the last trimester. Bleeding high blood pressure, all of those things are very important because they crop up at that time and they can threaten the life of the baby. So there is something, I don't know if I should bring this out later, all of you young ladies who is fighting for your husband to be in the labor room, beating him over here head if he say he not want to go, sitting on there, he's serving absolutely no purpose except You are making him suffer as much as you. He serves no. Now, I'll turn it around. Bring him with you every prenatal visit. All right. Because there's certain advice we are going to give to the mother that the father needs to understand. She's going to need help in certain things. And she going home and telling him he ain't going to take it. Bring him. Rather than thinking he's staying in the labor room and getting in the way with camera and TV. See? All right, right. I know, Mister Alexis, what me saying? Foolishness, but <laughs> but
1: that, but is, the, for, that um, is for no ideas, for yeah, fathers. man. But no but, ideas. Yeah, but the <laughs>
2: truth is, if we talk about helping the male, mm-hmm. he could come and see the things you have to do. We give them a whole lot of instructions. Lay down on your left side, stand up upside, all kind of thing. And many times, husband don't understand that. They think, oh, she just. said, I want to be able to impress on them. Listen. You need to have a count when the baby kicking in, you know, because that is important. Instead of you going down and drink, all he says, yeah, I got to go in the delivery room. What are you doing in the delivery room except get, getting in the way?
1: It easier than, it easier than being with
2: her ah, every day. So I'm putting you guys on the spot. Yes. You think you get away? If you have a choice between going in the labor room and going to her with her visits, you serve a better purpose going for prenatal care. All right. all you're doing in the delivery room and it's it's okay moral support yes but moral support have absolutely no effect on the quality of the outcome of the pregnancy So from a quality perspective you should be with yeah the mother of as the, the process as the process is going on right. you could be of more use I could see all the mother saying Dr. Alexis all right you you are to come
1: <laughs> All right ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
0: For excellent surgical care, call Dr. Ralph Guarneri's office at 954-462-8714. Dr. G is a general surgery specialist experienced in surgery of the stomach, liver, spleen, pancreas, and gallbladder, to name a few. Dr. Guarneri also specializes in trauma and transplant surgery. Schedule your appointment with Dr. Ralph Guarneri today by calling 954-462-8714. That's
1: 954-462-8714. And we're back to medically speaking with Dr. Winston Alexis. So, Doc, we left off with the importance of prenatal care, but I have a question here Mm -hmm. that that came in that I I, I should have tried to get to you earlier. The question is, when should I worry if I've been trying to get pregnant but can't? Okay, very good question. All that is part of remember,
2: I say pre, pre pre-pregnancy counseling. Yes, yes. We go through all of that when when, once you get your physical, you say, "Well, but Doc, you know, I haven't been using no protection for five years, and that may happen." Mm -hmm. So part of that pre-conceptual counseling is actually this very question.
1: So, so you're, you and your father-to-be have, have made a decision that you it, want to have children. Go
2: get a good physical and some counseling from the doctor who All will right. tell you what vitamins you should be on you know, and what precautions you should be taking. A simple example I'll give you uh, 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 in reference to this. There a lady who I was treating for infertility, and... I've given her some fertility pills and something. I give her about four months. Uh, maximum you should go is three or four. But she dung me, Doc, I don't understand. I said, but I check you out. We do all the tests. You're normal. Well, I don't understand what happened. She said, Doc, I don't understand what to. So I say, you know something? I need to see your husband. because you I want him to. No, Doc, he live in Jamaica. I say, what? Wait, hold on. How do you mean he live in Jimmy? <laughs> she say, yeah, he come up here about once every three months for a weekend. How you don't get pregnant, rule? <laughs> How in the heck are you going to get pregnant? So I realized then she didn't understand the pregnancy process. As most of our listeners, a woman can only get pregnant 48 hours in every month. 48 hours the egg is available. So it doesn't mean that when you have sex, you're supposed to get pregnant, it's stupidness. As a matter of fact, if a woman isn't getting pregnant, the first thing I tell her to do, make sh- now if you're, not, if you're getting pregnant, you don't need no advice. You're doing something right, but if nothing, make sure you have sex every other day. Every other day, easy to understand. Yes. It's 48 hours a day. Eclipse. Unreasonable. That. There you go. <laughs> but you can have sex once every fortnight. A month that come and tell me, I don't understand. I don't understand why you're getting pregnant. There are no sperms in your vagina, that's why you are not getting pregnant. <laughs> no, but all of that is part of the pre counseling, okay, okay. okay? So, uh, and infertility is a standardized workup. Yes, I don't care who it is, we do the same thing. We check your tubes to see if they're open, mm-hmm. we check you to see if you're releasing your eggs every month, and we check the man to see if he has enough sperms and they're swimming. That is all, a infertility, plus a good physical exam, that's all.
1: Right?
2: And I, if a woman in the pre-counseling tell me, I say, honey, hold on. Don't, don't, don't talk about this pregnancy thing here. So let me talk to you a little more, get some more particular. I say, listen, I'm going to have to see, first of all, the man either going to have to store his sperms and send it, or you go down and he come a you're going to have sex. Just She was about to adjust... Um, you have to be here a lot of times, yes, yes. right? She was going to throw away hundreds to almost a thousand dollars to find out why she ain't getting pregnant. And, and I, that is the best example I could give you of how pre-conceptual counseling is important. Okay. But that answers part of the question. It's yes. not that easy to get pregnant. When you're young and you're having sex every night, anyway, or every other night, That's no wonder young people get pregnant all the time.
1: Yes, yes.
2: Right? So, so it's a very good question. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right.
1: So back to, back to prenatal care yeah. then. Yeah. So you left so off.
2: Where we, we, we look at the growth. Yes. And I'm telling you now, I will send them to the hospital. They'll give us some answers. And I'll tell the mother, nothing to worry Once we test them, they're all right. So the fact that you're not feeling it doesn't mean anything. We don't go just on the decreased fetal movement. That's a sign. Mm -hmm. That's a yellow light, not a red. Okay. And then I have to send them to see if we get the red light. Once you get the red light, you got to do something about it. Otherwise the baby's going to die. And that's something most of the time is try to deliver the baby. The problem with that, if it happened at 30 weeks, the baby's going to be premature Mm -hmm. with a whole lot of problems when it's born. So I have to balance the act. If it's having a little trouble but it's not dying, I may Mm -hmm. wait three days later Mm -hmm. to see if we could. And by the way, they have found that every 24 hours makes a difference in the survival of a child. Meaning if you're 30 weeks, people who go 31 weeks, the babies do better than 30 32 be- do better than 31. So it's a day by day decision once the baby starts to run into trouble. Right? We got to what the trouble is. We try to fix that. But that is not the main thing I watch in the progress of this baby.
1: When you run into situations like that, are the mothers typically hospitalized? Or- mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Once but- you
2: have that abnormal well being, mm-hmm. hospital. Okay. Without doubt, growth. Throat, the clock right, growth may not be immediate. We may search and see if we could find out why it's not. Well being means they're about to die. Gotcha. That is hospitalized and day by day monitored and evaluated by the patient, by the doctor. Right. As a matter of fact, we, we get consults from a special group of doctors who deal with problem pregnancies called perinatologists. When I run into a jam, I get some advice from them because they they are trained one step ahead
1: of me. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I actually have another question here that kind of you kind of touched on it a little bit. The question is: Are there activities I should avoid during pregnancy? Right,
2: guys, you're gonna you're gonna love me for this, ladies. I'm sorry. If there are no complications, you can have sex all the time. I know the lady's saying, Jesus, what Dr. <laughs> Alexis is telling this rat? Don't get me wrong. The woman doesn't feel like it. And you have to respect that because that's something we need to talk about, the regular changes that go on in normal pregnancies. That is a bigger problem than worrying about problem pregnancies, right? Yeah. Most pregnancies end up fine. Mm-hmm. I was saving that question for later that, The troubles that women have to go through during pregnancy, right, is much more important than worrying about getting some sophisticated disease called preeclampsia. Most women don't. Now, we talk about it because when the outcome is bad, you know, you tend to focus on the bad thing. But that doesn't happen. Believe me, emergencies, life-threatening emergencies where the baby's going to die doesn't happen that much in pregnancy. Okay. Most of the times we are monitoring the growth, well-being, and then monitoring the labor process. It's all about monitoring. When disease crop up now, we learn to jump on those diseases, but most of the babies I've delivered in 50-something years are normal babies all right. with no complications,
1: right? It's just when they come ready for that too. All right, so outside of, outside of sex, mm-hmm. any other activities? At one time, we used to withhold
2: exercise, and We found out now it's wrong. Generally, pregnant women can exercise. There's one major, two really, don't hurt yourself. Because women who's pregnant don't have the same balance. She don't have, so you have to be careful of that. And second, you never do any exercise where you're panting. Short a shorter You know, they don't want to do anything where you're going,
1: okay, okay.
2: When you finish. But we advise go to a trainer, mm. don't do it by yourself, tell him you're pregnant, and they are trained in telling you what exercises pregnant women. Let me correct myself again. Up to 10 years ago, I used to tell women, no, most you could do is walk. That is wrong. i have done enough studies to say that you can go to the gym, you can exercise, but never do it to fatigue. Okay. And the best thing, go to a... A, a, a professional a, trainer. A trainer. Got it. And once you tell him you're pregnant, he'll be able to tell you what you can do. All
1: right. You ready for another question? Yeah,
2: man, i ready, ready. Right. I like the question on them. Um, that way I don't have to think too hard.
1: So we're, <laughs> we are now getting into the, the um, pregnancy and mm. heading, heading to the... I guess the delivery Right Leave that I know That's what everybody wants to hear yes. but We have a few yes. more things To we talk about We have a about. few more things Right So what is the Normal amount of weight Gain During pregnancy
2: Actually We used to pay Much more attention To that In the old days Right They They are standardized Anything yeah. you, you can look online Any book However Let's be realistic That's what people Who have Good, normal weight.
0: <laughs>
2: when three-quarter America is overweight, right? If we're going to call that a serious, that means the whole country in trouble. What weight does for you, people who are overweight, I mean, who gain too much weight tend to develop more high blood pressure during the pregnancy, okay. diabetes during the pregnancy. They have more problems with labor and growth to the baby. So it's not a good thing. Now the exact figure I don't have because when I when I'm ready I go look at my chart and they tell me for the, and by the way it depends on the patient' basic weight. It's not a, a skinny woman could gain more weight than an overweight woman, mm-hmm. so it's not standardized. It Depends, and I don't remember it. I actually go. We have charts stick up all over the office, and okay. what's your what's your height? What's your weight? Okay, you should be gaining so much pounds. And the average in the old days, we used to say about two pounds a month. That's the old days, but that's no longer, that was just a generalization. But now they could almost scientifically tell you if you weigh so much your height, this is what you should.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, ladies Uh, and, sorry, go ahead, Doc. I,
2: I want to talk specifically about the problems women have during pregnancy, and that's more important than the bad disease and bleeding and pressure and disaster in labor. Believe me, that's minor. The biggest problem I deal with, number one, all these complaints that pregnant women have, and number two, convincing her everything is all right, right? And that's why I want the guys to come. I want them to hear what they complain about every time they come to my office. Right? And I try to answer all. And by the way, about 75% of the question, I don't know why. All I could tell them, you are well and the baby is well. But well. mm. well, why are you asking me why my second toe hurt me half the day the two, two, <laughs> and the two, two at night? That is the kind of question sub question I never see no book yet. And it's nothing wrong with them. Pregnant women feel
1: pains and discomforts that we have no clue why. So you you don't have the answers for cravings and other, no, all those things. Very few of them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I
2: really a lady come and tell me, I feel so well. I say, Me too, you know. <laughs> I get up beside us with my head. And they usually start laughing. I say, okay. Give it to me, tell me now. And they start, my head hurt. I said, that happened in pregnancy, woman, head hurt. I can't move my bowels. I said, that happened in pregnancy because your bowels slow down. But that, answering those questions and following the format, making sure we do all the screenings, making sure is what real prenatal case, and that is what helped us to move from 1,000 per 100,000 to twenty seven. Right, Right? not the labor, not the delivery. I have very little to do with it. And I'd save that for last because that's the one woman like to hear. Yes. Right. So tell me when I could let loose with that.
1: All right. We're going to take a short break right now. And then when we come back, we can get into that. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen.
0: EuroSurge Associates is a full-service urology practice in Plantation, Florida, with three board-certified urologists, offering expert care in most disciplines of general urology. At the helm is Dr. Paul Kahn, who is board-certified in urology, a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, and an expert in robotic surgery. As a proud Jamaican-American, Dr. Khan attended medical school at the University of the West Indies and completed his residency at the University of Miami Jackson Memorial. Since 1983, Dr. Khan, with his dedicated team have been committed to providing the best possible care to patients. Call 954-474-2929 to schedule your appointment today, that's 954-474-2929.
1: And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, medically speaking with Dr. Winston Alexis. Doc, mm-hmm. you ready now? I'm ready, you know. All right, I'm going to start off this segment with a question. Oh, oh God, okay. Because we're going into labor and delivery and these things now, you know. That's oh, where we reach. I
2: want,
1: uh, they don't want to hear what I want to talk I want to talk about all the complaints
2: pregnant women have. We're going right. to do that later then? And, right. what, and what trouble them? All right. Let's talk about that. Okay. And then we leave the nice part for last labor. A hundred thousand different uh, complaints. And they are real. You look at them, they're looking all right. And you think it is real. It is real. The problem is it goes with pregnancy. It doesn't mean anything wrong with you. Unexplained, but goes with pregnancy. No. And even the ones we can explain why some people have it worse. And some people, all pregnant women have the same changes in their body. How come some women vomiting like they're dead? They can't eat. And My wife told me to talk. And people like Mrs. Alexis, me even though she's pregnant. <laughs> um, when the baby was four months, she said, by the way, you know, I think I missed my period. That's how I know we had children. <laughs> I be busy in school, but I don't time with that. She might say, hey, hey, with somebody." by way, you know. I don't take I see period, right? Never had a day of morning sickness. Some women can't function because of the morning sickness. All right, and how do you explain this? Simple. Because all pregnant women have the same changes in the body. Mm. Apparently, the woman's personality and her reaction to what is happening causes the sim- symptoms to ex- escalate. For instance, everybody have a little nausea. I asked me, say, she said, Yeah, I think so. You know, but I have a thing to do. I have no time. I had to drop my children to school. I got to cook food for you and then I got to go to work and then go to school. So she literally don't have, have time, time to feel to, sick. Uh, you know, it has some people come in they wrap up with a cup in their hand, Putin can't keep the thing, can't move. And I'm saying, Jesus Christ, nothing is really wrong. When you check everything, it's all right. So it's her reaction to the The terrible feeling that a pregnant woman and all of them, listen to me again, people. All of you pregnant women have it. Is how you respond to it. Is the is what how much it interferes with your quality of
1: life. So let me ask you a question now. So how do you address this? When you when you have a woman and them come in and them poorly, boy, doc, my belly, my my throat, uh, this and that, uh, me, no me, well, all I don't right? feel well. I'm after them, up now. Uh,
2: okay. Let me tell you why. But in a nice way, they know me, they know I love them. I, I would say, well, you know you what know, I'm to you? It's something named pregnancy. Mm. Right? That's mm-hmm. the first thing I start. There's no strange condition. Mm-hmm. And you come in here with a cup in your hand and uh, you have to fight this thing. Okay. Right? Yes, you feel like crap. I'm not saying you don't. Number one, everything they tell you, that's how they feel. You have to tell them, listen, man. Let me say this to people. My boss man, I would say, get up and make my breakfast. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That's what my father would say. But I dare not. say, I don't care how sick you are. Get up, make cook my food. No, nobody the idea is... Guys, right? do, do not try this at no, home. No, <laughs> no. You'll get shot. <laughs> But you want to get them and say, Oh God, I feel like yeah, I feel like crap. I'm gonna drink my cup of coffee. Guess what happened? Shitty feeling. I go into work, you know. Yes. yes. And I go in and do my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna pick up the children from school. Attitude. And I've used this in sixteen year olds. And they do better than people who are 40 years and nine children. Okay. I, I in other words, I indoctrinate them from listen. And I, when she leaving, I'll say, listen, don't come back here next week looking like you, it's your last day or anything. Eh? You, you should be, be ripening like a, a Julie Mango. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're with child. You should be bubbling. Glowing. Oh, thank you. What's yes. this? Oh, God. Yes, With yes. a cup. No, man. And you know, I've seen the results of that, especially the younger women.
1: Psychological. Yeah, one,
2: one girl came here and said, oh, doc, you see, I have the cup today. I say, yeah, man, I'm proud of you. But the point is, gentlemen, number one, they feel, I'm not saying they don't feel it. Okay. They are having everything they tell you. But you have to understand this is what happened to some pregnant woman. And it should not stop you. You may slow down a little bit from your daily function. Worst thing to do when you're pregnant is, is to stop working. You get sicker by the day. You could reduce the amount of work, but please don't stay home. You get miserable and you get, you know, So I feel for them too. When they come, they have indigestion. I've given you the symptoms mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. That's because you're pregnant. Food doesn't empty from the stomach when you're pregnant, so it boils up and you get the indigestion. You have constipation, that's because you're pregnant. The bowel doesn't go through. And churn the food as good as when you're not pregnant. You have hemorrhoids, pregnancy, your legs swell up, pregnancy. Okay. Your head hurting, pregnancy. I feel like crap,
1: pregnancy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> fight it back. So fight it back, yeah, and, man. And, and, and gentlemen, support. Be, support. Be, f- them. be firm. Be firm. Yeah, but support. But support. Right. All right.
2: So and I was come up, call them and say, listen, double that, okay? I'm gonna stop by. Uh, Pop Give me one of them, two sandwiches there, some fries. Rest yourself, honey. And some uh, sugar cane sweetened iced tea. It's sweet you're here too. Yes. You ever had that? Yes, sir. Remind me of Jamaica. Yes, sir. It's no, but, but be nice. The men, mm. understand she's not feeling well. Don't support her in laying down and doing nothing. But at the same time, ease it up. You could say, okay, honey, you know, I'm doing bother. Mm. I will do this this time. All right. I will do- Right, well. <laughs> Labor is a different thing. I even want to get there. Well, because the woman will kill me. They tell me they won't kill me. That's stupidness. I told the girl, girls in my office. It's
1: pain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it comes with the territory.
1: Yes. Right? So, uh, we're, yeah. we're ready for that podcasting. Yes, man. Yes. All right. So the question uh, Should I get an epidural or not? <laughs>
2: Me and my daughter cross paths on this. Because she's a modern obstetrician, I am not. And she happens to be a woman, I am not. Mm -hmm. She happens to have had children, I have not. Mm -hmm. So I bow a little to her, right? But let me go through what it is. It is not necessary. How I know that? Epidural only come about 20 something years ago. How all them women... From, from 1432 up to now, deliver. Mm-hmm. It's a normal process mm-hmm. where pain, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying no pain medicine. Okay. Sure, we give you things to help you, but epidural means absence of pain. I personally have a theory that God make that painful for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think I know the reason. Don't, by the way, don't tell nobody this is in nobody book. is my theory. I think that pain has something to do with bonding with the child between mother and child. And secondly, I think the pain has something to do with the final maturity of the baby. Because we know stress, for instance, improve lung development in the child. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: A stressed baby, one of the first things to mature is the lungs. Can't prove it. Nobody has been able to prove it. But I happen to believe everything that happened with medicine is a reason. It's just we haven't worked the Makes one. Sense. Why labor pain yet? I'll, I'll go all right. That. Sorry. Let's say so. I don't believe in getting rid of all of labor pain. I agree with blunting it. I agree with making it as comfortable as you can. But let me be realistic. That's me. Mm-hmm. I'm in the minority. Let me repeat that. I am in the majority and a minority, and people tell me it's because you all and them thing never used to happen. Maybe. All right. Now, epidurals, the problem I don't like with epidurals is it can cause a little fetal irregularity when you first get it. It's only temporary. Okay. Normally, it corrects itself. But I don't like anything, anything. Right, right. that interfering, possibly can interfere with the well being of the baby. Let me correct my. Let me tell you again: there's nothing wrong with getting it, because it corrects itself relatively easy by giving the mother some oxygen and some other things. So I'm not saying the epidural is dangerous. I'm just wondering whether it's interfering with the normal physiologic process of labor. Right? About but we going saying that the pains have no purpose? I don't believe that.
1: Well, again, you know, and we are yeah. men, so... Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and that's why, I, didn't I tell you I bow to my daughter? Yes, yes, yes. Right? And, and if I, for instance, if a patient asks me that same question, I say, sure, you can have epidural. But I'll also say, you know, it might cause little things to know what you're doing. We, we, they'll correct it, but mm-hmm. be prepared. Don't get flabbergasted when they say, oh, the fetal heart rate falling. Right, right.
1: Now, is this discussed? Or at what point is the epidural discussed?
2: All right, let me explain now. There are some women, as they hit the door, they start asking for epidural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The right time for an epidural, we have to establish that labor has started. Not every woman who nine months with pain is in labor. How do we know that? You know, people come there and we send them back home. Got you. Right? So we, once we establish it's true labor, and we have ways of doing it, I can't go through that now and you're no doctor, so you don't need all to right, know. Right. But there are ways we can tell. And once we establish it's true labor, epidural could almost be given okay. as soon as, as we do that. Right. right? Um it shouldn't be given prior to the onset of labor. That's my belief. But some women they won't feel from the time they, they did uh epidural, epidural. And I have to tell some of them, you even ask me if the baby's doing all right, you're going for epidural. <laughs> <laughs> right. and it, all of that by the way some of this comes into the pre-counseling this question yes. when they come and talk about baby I say yeah talk about pains you know you have to deal with that you know they have epidural and they have this and I give them my beliefs but I always tell them I am not saying epidural hurts anybody baby mm-hmm. it's just in my mind I don't like to know anything cause my the baby had to fall I don't like that. Okay, all right. All right, and, and remember, a baby who born alive don't mean it might not have long-term consequences of what is happening in labor.
1: All right. Anything else along the lines of labor that you, you want to share with our listeners? You mean as to whether the guy should be in... You're trying to get me in trouble, here too.
2: <laughs> I say some of it before. Look, uh... I give you my point. If you choose between being in the labor floor and that helping the pregnancy in some way, or I think being there every visit with your wife during the process, during the whole 40 weeks is more important than one night. Uh, uh, Time better Holding a hand. However, let me tell you right now, 98% of the women right now saying that is foolishness don't worry, Dr. Alexis, you come in. Let me tell you something. You are going to be my wife. Right. <laughs> One lady tell me, I said, Why? She said, Well, they must see how much I suffer. I said, Okay, yes, okay. Yes. Well, that's social business. Eh?
1: I was there for my three. So. Right.
2: <laughs> I was drinking uh, Pop's Blue Ribbon yeah. <laughs> when Dr. Alexis was born in a little pub. Up from the Howard Hospital, named Kenyon Byron Grill. I don't give a joke about that too, you know. And that by the way, very important. Those days we know don't know sex or no baby. Everybody bothering me in the office. Why is this sex? Number one, people listen to this now. Ultrasongs are not done routinely in pregnancy to tell the sex of the baby. Ultrasong is done to make sure the baby is developing enough. Good and they may see the sex. So when you, and it's never on the report. So when I see it, I don't know. If you want to know the sex of your baby, when you're having your ultrasound done, ask the technician, can I, you tell me what sex it is. Okay. Right, so remember, it's not done to determine sex, but the person who's doing it to make sure the baby is developed normally, Many times can see it, and if you ask, can tell you. But it's not my responsibility as your caregiver to tell you what sex the baby is. Got to. Right? Uh, okay, and I could give you some advice from my days. I was telling you, this is where the argument come up. I drink with my boys, and I buy one big box of cigar. Because I want a boy. The a boy coming. <laughs> so <laughs> we up there drinking some rum. I was an intern, so I told one of my teachers was delivering, her. so I tell one of the guys, "They look, call me up by Kenyon, tell me when they be." Them days we have no
1: cell phone, no, hello. so
2: I, they no Kenyon Byron number. So they call me and I go I say, yeah, "Is a boy? Is a boy? Is a girl?" Listen, man, I depressed going back to the table because the boy started laugh at me. Ha, you have a big bottle. Where should I get this Some donut. <laughs> they say only well, the real man could make man child. Say, You're gonna need to go and buy some donut for that child. <laughs> right? And she turned out to be the the one who listened to me and was good enough to graduate and become a doctor and God bless it was a girl and not a boy. Not that have anything against Wayne. <laughs> but but that's how we used to do it in the old days. And by the way, you know, I didn't come and see her, you know. What? I asked the boys. So everything all right. Yeah, man. All right. Kiss mommy for me. Tell her I want not see her in the morning. Wait. Let me, that's how we used to do it. I don't want to see my mother with crap coming out and blood red, all over. Red, 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 red. Who wants to see the wife leg up? Listen. You're... So what I do, next morning I went, oh, my baby in, in a green outfit. I think I yellow. Because these days, because we um, had no sex, mm-hmm. you can't buy blue or pink. Otherwise, you're gonna end up.
1: That's what neutral. I mean, right.
2: So I think my baby was in a yellow, and mommy in a nice nighty and thing. Clean up her hair, brush up. Kiss her. Say, mommy, oh god nice baby. You <laughs> <laughs> that's when I saw my baby. I saw my daughter the next the morning after clean and. Pretty. And that's my personal opinion. If I had to do it over again, same thing. I don't want to see my, my wife in that position. Yes, Everything yes, in yes. the world with, with things coming from her. No. Yes. I still remember, mommy, how I remember.
0: Yes.
1: Exactly. But
2: boy, this is the new world. Yep. I want to tell you, already. Uh, ready husband was there ready to cut cord and all of that. And I look at him and say, listen, I'm auntie. A big man like you, 6'9, what are you doing in here? <laughs> and his word was, boy, you want my wife to, to kill, kill me. me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah,
1: but, so, uh, but uh, yeah. So let us know, I guess, the, the, this part no, the delivery. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Labor and delivery
2: is simple. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to monitor it, that's my job. Two things. There are a set of things trying to push the baby out, which is the labor contractions, mm-hmm. and there are a bunch of things resisting it. The major thing is the bones of the pelvis that the head have to come through. Right? Plus, the blood vessels and tissue down there resisting it. So it's a fight going on, you know. That's mm-hmm. why they call it labor. They don't call it, you're having a nice time. It's labor. <laughs> the <laughs> contraction pushing this baby through the bone. And the baby's head is adapting itself to try and make And it's not a straight tube. It's, it's, it's spiral. They take a mold of it. Let me tell you what I mean by spiral. When you look at the widest areas at the top of it, it's different from the widest areas in the middle. Okay. So where you might be wide up here, side to side, when you reach the middle, it's wide up and down. So you have to turn to that way. So the, the baby hair is constantly adjusting to the difference in diameters at all level of the pelvic bone. And that's the battle going on. If the labor contractions win, we have a nice baby. If the bony pelvis and the other things win, cesarean section. And that's the leading cause of cesarean sections. Not all those big disease, bleeding, preeclampsia, they are mine most sections are done because the baby cannot negotiate the, the 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 diameters of the pelvis even with strong contractions from the uterus so the okay. the contraction trying to expel it the bone is resisting it and you could see the bigger the baby head the more <laughs> they resist us so bigger babies have a harder time going through so most of the time we we section people because the babies are Cannot negotiate. And by the way, baby don't have to be big. People think the only time you need sex, It could be small, but it can't negotiate it. That's the point. It can't make the curves it needs to make. That's the best way for me to explain it. Yeah. Right? And, the, and, and by the way, the stronger the contraction, the better. Because it's something where it starts slow. And the more it progresses, and the more the baby descends, the stronger it gets. So women should actually be happy when the labor pains get stronger because it means it's closer to the end. And uh, of course, during, during that time, we monitor the baby heart to make sure it's of not course. doing bad either.
1: Of course.
2: Because I don't care if it's coming down or not, if the heart starts. And by the way, remember, every time the, the mother contracts, the baby not getting any blood. Mm. It ceases, they slow. the blood doesn't travel through the placenta during that time. It's only after it relaxes, the blood goes to the baby. And it's like you diving in the sea and holding your breath. Okay. And then you come up to get some more. Mm-hmm. Healthy babies, just like you could dive mm-hmm. all day and always come up for a couple of minutes. Healthy baby can do that. They can go X number of minutes without oxygen. The blood has enough. But a compromised baby cannot put up with that decrease of blood flow every time the mother contracts and they run into trouble. Okay. And that may have nothing to do with the size of the baby. That's another dynamic going on. So it's two, pushing the baby out and, and three, making sure the baby is healthy enough to put up with those times of little oxygen coming to it. And a normal baby can, like you diving, and come back up, you're going to die if you go down for a couple of minutes, and come back. Same thing with labour. All right. So you see, my job now in in labour, and I really don't need no man saying no. They ask me, Mister Business, I've enough, I've enough trouble dealing with the patient. I have, I can't say no, yes, Mom. But when you ask me foolishness, all right. <laughs> no, no, ladies, I'm joking. Take your husband. Yeah, I I don't need. Dr. Alexis is going to kill me, really, because she believe in them epidural and husband. If you see, she's hold up the baby so the husband could take a mm-hmm, picture mm-hmm. and cut cord. And I'm, I'm there helping her and saying, what is she doing? Encouraging right. foolishness. Right. <laughs> and Right. By the way, and again, this is a no book. This is personal. And I always like to look at nature and everything. How does nature do this? There is something I cannot explain. Almost every child I know have a special relationship with their mother, uh-huh. right? My father was the motivator. My father was the intelligent one. My father was the hustler, the guy who could do sixteen jobs at the same. They used to call them, they call them entrepreneurs. Yeah, my father he was boy. Jazel is a hustler. He's doing sixteen he has a truck. <laughs> he's selling land. He's selling scrap. He have nightclub. You understand? <laughs> and my mother was a semi-literate woman. She could read and write. That's it. Walk barefoot most of her life. Little Indian woman, they cooking. And yet, even though my father is responsible for what I am today, there's something I feel for my mother. Never felt for my oh, father. Oh, Never. That is Labor. Listen to me, that connection has to be labor. How I feel this way about my mother. You could tell me anything about my father when I am young. i kill you if you say something about my mother. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. And that's right. how most people are. Mm. That's why now when I see my kids are all close to the mother, I don't pay no attention to that. That's normal, I think. And I think that bonding happens during the labor
1: process. And the more we could keep out of the way, the better. All right. All right, so the baby is here now, and we have a question. The question is, I've had breast implants. Can I still breastfeed my baby? The answer offline off is yes, depending on how much breast tissue
2: you have left. You know, some implants they put under the breast. Some of them they remove breast tissue, and then it depends on the job. Okay. And frankly, the best person to ask that is probably plastic surgeons. Okay. All right, but uh, as far as I know, and I can stand corrected, if anybody know differently, call and let us know. I think if, if it is just an implant in a and all the breast tissue is still there, they can do it. Okay. All right, But I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll check my boys in plastic surgery. Yes. And when we come out the next time, if you remind me, I'll give them the true answer.
1: All right. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, this was medically speaking with Dr. Winston Alexis available on your favorite podcast, platforms: Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, New episodes every Thursday at 11:30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please send us your questions to questions at com. Email us your questions to questions at cacpros.com. Don't forget to support our advertisers and sponsors because they're the ones who support us. And remember, this is a production of the Caribbean American Connection. For the absolute best obstetrics and gynecology care, call South Florida OBGYN at 954 452 4377 Schedule your appointment today with Dr. Winston Alexis, who has been serving the women of South Florida for over 25 years. Conveniently located in Plantation, Florida, the courteous and professional team at South Florida OBGYN are standing by to assist you. Schedule your appointment today by calling 954-452-4377.
0: We appreciate your time with us on Medically Speaking with Dr. Winston Alexis, hosted by Tyrone Robertson. Join us next Thursday at 11.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on caribcast.tv, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most other popular podcast platforms. Doc is back. Although the host and guests are qualified professionals, no responsibility for inaccuracies omissions inconsistencies and any slight of people or organizations listeners should use their own judgment or consult an expert or their personal physician for specific applications to their individual medical problems with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere